let's just remind ourselves it's a mountain bike podcast, not a, not an apocalypse podcast. <laughs> but, and so you're just finding like, what are these triggers? The things I'm already doing without thinking, mm-hmm. like an tag on something else, something positive that's then going to help me make that stick. Wow. That's where you start to get results. And there's nothing like getting results for getting buy-in and making you more consistent. Yeah. You know, it's that classic thing. You know, you do the easy things today, tomorrow will be hard. You do the hard things today and tomorrow will be easy. But I think it's about being versatile. It's about being able to move, to be to be strong, to be fit, to be resilient, to be able to endure sort of physically and, and maybe mentally and emotionally. Um, it's, yeah, it's just about being robust and able to do the things that you need to do in life and the things that you want to do in life. And I really believe that, and I've said this before on your podcast, is that better humans make better mountain bikers. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, just a few quick things. If you want to support the podcast, then you can either set up a regular donation via my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast, or grab yourself some merch from downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop, or you can just share the episodes with your friends or on your social media and help spread the word. I really appreciate everyone who supports what I do. It really does make a huge difference and helps me keep this thing going. So thank you for your help. Also, don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting that button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can either listen to today's episode right here, or if you prefer to watch it, you can now do that over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash at downtimepodcast. I'll also pop a link to the video in the show notes over on my website, downtimepodcast.com. Everything we talked about in here, all the links you need are on that website page, downtimepodcast.com, and then head to this episode. All right, today's episode is supported by The Strength Factory, and I'm joined by head coach Ben Plenger. Ben firmly believes that being a better human will lead to you also being a better bike rider. We discuss how taking a simple approach of being 1% better each day can lead to building positive habits that, when done consistently, will help you improve both physically and mentally and ultimately lead to you being a better rider and having more fun on your bike. Ben offers thoughts on what sorts of things you should be trying to do, how you might find the time to do them and provides some top tips to help you embed these positive behaviours into your life. Also, if you're keen to follow one of Ben's online programs, then there's some awesome discounts available to downtime listeners, which are covered in this episode and in the show notes on the website, downtimepodcast.com. All right, without further ado, here's Ben Plenger. Ben Plenger, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast, man. It's been a little while. How's life? Yeah, it's been a year, but life is life is good, thank you. Yeah, we're all good. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Yeah, we normally do an episode this time of year. It's like beginning of the off season uh racing sort of starting to wrap up bar a few winter races here and there um and a lot of people start to think about fitness and like i want to be better next year what do i do um we've done a few of these episodes in the past and we always sort of talk before about like what do we want to hinge this around like what do we how do we want to kind of steer this chat and we talked for a while and we came up with uh, a concept of kind of better human, better bike rider, which we both liked and sort of felt that it meant something to us and that it resonated with us. Tell me what that means to you. So being a better human is, well, it's a bit different for everyone, 
But I think it's about being versatile. It's about being able to move, to be to be strong, to be fit, to be resilient, to be able to endure sort of physically and, and maybe mentally and emotionally. Um, it's, yeah, it's just about being robust and able to do the things that you need to do in life and the things that you want to do in life. And I really believe that, and I've said this before on your podcast, is that better humans make better mountain bikers. Mm -hmm. It just gives you the potential to be a better rider, whether you are performance focused and thinking better rider means better race results or whether being a better rider means just having more fun, Mm -hmm. not getting dropped by the group or doing a bigger ride or a charity challenge or whatever that is. Better humans have that potential to be better riders. Yeah. Nice. Do you feel like if you kind of, if you had your priority the other way around, which, and you put better rider first, do you think that that can sometimes come as a detriment to being a better human? Like, can you overdo the focus on riding to the point where you might not be as good as you can be in other things like that versatility, Mm. that ability to turn your hands to whatever? I, I think that most people watching don't need to worry about that. I think that if you are maybe the highest tuned like cross country athlete then the level of dedication and focus that you need to achieve those levels or like a tour cyclist or Mm. something means that other parts of your life really have to to suffer and be sacrificed you know um but that's what they're willing to do but i think for for most of the people listening i wouldn't be too worried about that you know (laughs) And, and as always I talk about training and trying to be fitter and stronger, but I never say this is at the expense of or instead of riding your bike. Yeah. Because that's that's why everyone's turned on today. Turned on. <laughs> that's why everyone's listening, shall we say. <laughs> They're all listening today because uh, they love riding mountain bikes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could, you could basically, what we're saying, I guess, is you could look at this either way. You can do things to become a better human and you'll be better on your bike, mm-hmm. or you can purely focus on being better on your bike and you're probably going to be a better human yeah. unless it gets really yeah. niche and a bit kind of exactly serious exactly. yeah and you've got this like concept of what like always trying to be a bit better like one percent better every day yeah i think that's how something i try to encourage like both the elite riders that i coach as well as the the everyday riders like the, the dads like us and everyone in between the men the women is just say you know, you don't have to achieve everything and do everything at a hundred miles an hour and do it all at once. Uh, and what I believe is this approach of just trying to be 1% better each day or 1% better each training session, you know? And when we take that approach and just nudge ourselves a little bit forwards, a little bit forwards, a little bit forwards over the medium and long term, and when we do different things as well and they compound together, mm-hmm. that's when we get really great results where all of a sudden you are you know a better human you know you're really well rounded you can do loads of different stuff and then all of a sudden you can ride further you can ride faster you beat your mates when you do a race once a year yeah um and yeah that's that one percent i think really makes it yeah not so scary for people rather than these huge goals uh where it's like oh god i feel terrible at the moment i'm i've you know maybe i had a kid or work's been stressful or you know you you've just had a bit of an accident and hurt your shoulder so you're gonna be off the bike for a while and you can suddenly feel like 
you're so far away from achieving what you want, you know, physical goal, let's say. Yeah. Like a race or, you know, a certain ride or route. But when you break it down into both the parts that you want to do and then take that 1% approach, Mm -hmm. I really think that's useful. And it just, my experience and the experience of my clients I work with is that it really helps them to to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I think there's a, maybe it's a more sustainable approach as well. Like you see a lot of people this time of year and then January with kind of New Year's resolutions and things like that. Like I want to be a hundred percent better every day. I'm all in. Like I didn't train. Now I'm going to train. I'm going to do all this work. I'm going to get loads better. And it's either just too much to kind of go from, mm. you know, zero to hero straight away, or you get burnt out because you've pushed too hard too quickly. Like that whole, like, okay, let's just get a bit better all the time forever yeah kind of thing is a lot more i guess easy to manage and more sustainable is that fair yeah i think so i I really think it is i mean it's funny because when i think about my year of working with different riders and athletes and stuff is that this time of year so october november is kind of like the mountain bikers january (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah. this is this is uh you know whereas most personal trainers and coaches in the gym like this january is that boom time but this really seems to be when things really pick up and get the busiest where people are like, right, let's get fit this winter. Um, and so, yeah, it's just that one, that 1% one approach. I mean, I, I don't want people to think that it's just about settling for mediocrity or mm-hmm. not working hard, not having lofty goals. That's not that. Yeah. Because actually the loftier, the higher those goals, the more this approach is relevant. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's, and it's also, you know, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? Yeah. You know, about things I do today and how much effect they have on tomorrow and things like that, you know, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, ultimately. About making progress yeah. is about, you know, what what does, what would Chris tomorrow be glad that Chris today did, you yeah, know? that's a good way to look it's at it. It's a nice way to think about it. Yeah. And again, without just taking you, out of the moment Mm -hmm. i still want you to enjoy today chris hopefully we're having fun now yeah but and you know and we're all going to do things that we enjoy today like getting drunk at a wedding that are going to ruin tomorrow (laughs) you know borrowing happiness from tomorrow yeah exactly that's exactly what it (laughs) is like that's what boozing is isn't it you borrow tomorrow's happiness for today um and and so yeah you've just got to take that approach to you know, that's going to get you closer to your goals, basically. Yeah, definitely. I think like fitness can sometimes fall into a similar sort of approach to dieting. Like it can be, it can be fatty or bingy or whatever. Like, mm. oh, this is the latest thing. I'm going to do it. And then I do it for two weeks or whatever and fall over. And this, this is not about that. It's about creating a consistent like lifestyle, I guess, a way of living that is better for you it enables you to be a better person a better human a better rider a hundred percent and that that's really what most of the content i put out is all about that's really what most of my message is about is that anyone listening to this can be better yeah and i don't ever want to sound judgy like it's not good or bad it's just better i could be better you could be better yeah totally and the other thing to think about as well because anyone listening is like well you know, if you live by this, Ben, then if you're 1% better every day, then you should be 365% better in a year and you should be deadlifting 500 kilos and, you know, whatever. It's obviously, you know, we talk about fads and stuff, but without it being faddy, 
certainly my approach to my long-term health and fitness and to being a good human is about, I sort of switch my focus through the year uh-huh. and that keeps it interesting. And it means that I'm ready for the different things I do. So for example, this year back in, uh, I think it was April, I did a, a charity bike ride mm-hmm. where to prepare for that, I had to do loads of road miles. Yeah. Base training, aerobic yeah, base training, which yeah. we'll come back to, which I always talk about because your regulars <laughs> will know I talk about. Um, and so that was my focus. That's where I was trying to be 1% better each day. Yeah. And I lost some muscle and some strength in my upper mm-hmm. body because my focus was elsewhere. But that, but that was fine. Once I achieved that goal and did the charity challenge, my focus for 1% better every day really switched to, right, I've got to be ready for more zine uh-huh. in two, three months. So then we, I did a lot more upper body work. Um, so I got built more muscle, got mm-hmm. a bit stronger there. I did less pedaling. I did some more uplifts yeah. and focused on skills and confidence and things like that. And so, and then after that, it's then, oh, the school holidays hit, you know, and then for the summer, it was just trying to maintain. And so I just look and feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and then we come into the autumn and then it switches again. And, you know, uh, and everyone's year will be different. You know, I'm not saying you have to endlessly pursue exactly the same thing. And having yeah. switching goals through the year, I think, is is interesting. It's useful, and it keeps you well rounded rather than being yeah so uh, singularly focused. Yeah, yeah, fair. And I guess it is worth saying that this one percent better every day is not going to be a, a straight line upwards on the graph. Like, there's always going to be blips in life, right? There's going to be a stressful period at work, or an illness, or an accident, and an injury that you need to recover from like people need to also be kind to themselves in all this. It's it's about in the long term, have I been progressing? Not am I progressing all day, every day, irrespective mm. of what's going on in life. Exactly, exactly. Like shit happens, you know, as, as we all know. And, you know, the graph is kind of all over the shop, like <laughs> yeah. up and down, up and down. And, you know, we're looking for whatever you're working on, we want that gradual upward trend. Yeah. But as, as one thing trends up, maybe something else trends down a bit and you know this is my busiest work time of year for me Mm -hmm. and and that's that's fine and and so i'm not really looking to be the very strongest the very fittest this time of year but i'm still doing positive things um by training regularly Mm -hmm. and you know looking after myself that mean i can have that consistency that sort of moving forward still trying to be yeah that good human um, so when I've got a bit more time, I can then ride more, I can train more and keep building. Yeah, you know? like it. And we're talking about being being a better human and a lot of focus is always on the physical nature of that, being physically better, stronger, fitter. But this is about being mentally better too. Talk us through like how you look at like the mental side of improvement. Yeah, so I guess there's... This goes two ways. I mean, first of all, let's just bring it back to mountain biking. It, and one of the reasons why it's so awesome and it's so so good is that, you know, I think mountain biking, especially if you're just out pedaling and you, you go all year and things like that, it can really teach you to endure. And, you know, you get a bit of mental toughness, especially if you uh, like ride all winter. Yeah. Like here in Wales where you live. There's going to be some savage rides this winter. <laughs> there is, yeah. Uh, they're going to be cold. They're going to be wet. You're not going to want to go. But 
every time you you endure one of those and you get back from one, you know, you I think you've had like a little victory. It's that short term stress is really mm -hmm. valuable and really important and it builds you up where the long term stress wears you down. Yeah. Um similarly the uh you know an intense or a very long ride that really taxes you physically. It's like today I'm gonna that climb that I normally push up, I get off and I give up and I push. I'm gonna grind it out and do my absolute best to get up it. And when you get through these little barriers and you you get those little mental victories and you again it's enduring it's mental toughness and you know not to be confused with being some i don't know emotionally withdrawn like yeah. toxic masculinity that's not what i'm talking about it's yeah. just you know being able to deal with those stresses i think really then go back into your day-to-day -day life and make you a better yeah, human more able yeah. to deal with the long term and the the nitty-gritty of, of day to day yeah um and then the other way around is yeah the the stress of, of training is a good thing most of the time for most people. Uh, it stresses your body to improve. It stresses your mind to, you know, again, push through an uncomfortable set in the gym and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that to help you help you build up. Uh, and then that transfers onto the, onto the bike. Yeah. So. And it can almost become, well, no, not even almost, it can become enjoyable. Like I've definitely learnt... I think over the years to enjoy suffering sometimes not all the time because this yeah. is not like a healthy approach to training is not about suffering every time you train but when you are going hard when you're doing a big you know 10 out of 10 interval like learning to suffer and actually being able to almost enjoy that experience to like mm. be proud of what you've done and how deep you went and how hard you went like i think that's a that's quite a positive thing that comes out of just learning to be un like comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly and that is such an important part of the process um is when you start to experience those things and that's why you know over the last five six years that i've known you may maybe even longer i'm not sure um you have been consistent at being active and keeping yourself strong going to the gym because you've you've learned, you've bought into it. And, you yeah. know, that's that's part of who you are and what you do now mm -hmm. and part of what keeps Chris being a, a better human on that path, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's something that can be hard for people, the people listening who maybe have never done structured training or been to the gym or whatever, or maybe they've, you know, not really experienced so much adversity or physical adversity, let's say anyway. Yeah. Um, is that's really hard to kind of imagine for them that they're going to enjoy this. But I really, my experience and the feedback that I get from people is I do get a lot of people uh, who use an online program or come and see me at the gym yeah. and they've never been to the gym before. And then they'll, I'll get an email or they'll come take me to one side at the end of the gym and be like, I never thought I'd say it, but I'm, I'm actually like quite enjoying <laughs> coming it. to the gym here. Yeah, yeah. And when you can find a routine and a lifestyle and an approach that lets you enjoy the process mm -hmm. as well as just the the outcome yeah then that is where real long-term change can happen yeah, 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 yeah. you know that's where you're on the correct path mm -hmm. um and yeah this is where it could be sustainable this is where it makes a difference you know how the next 10 years go yeah you know because i've always got 
my mind on that long-term outlook where like the episode we did shred to your 70, you know, that's in the back of my mind. I'm 43 now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to shred uh, next month. You know, I want to shred next year. I want to go to Morzine again next year or whatever, but in 30 odd years, I still want to be riding, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, yeah. and if you can enjoy the process, we're both lucky that we do, but we've also worked to get here. It's not like I was just born suddenly you yeah, know i think you have to learn yeah it's a process to get to the point where you're like and i think for me it's taken a few different steps like the first one was feeling an enjoyment afterwards so it might be after a rep or after mm-hmm. a set or after a session that i get that like oh i suffered then like that was like i did well i pushed got that done you know maybe i delivered more power in an, in an interval than before yeah. or like i lifted more weight whatever it happens to be and so now like trying to learn to find an enjoyment and a comfort in the pain at the moment Mm -hmm. has been like the next phase of that. And actually, so this came from Andy Cole. I interviewed Andy Cole earlier this year or back in the last year. I can't remember earlier this year, I think. And he said he uses one of these, like he travels with one of these acupressure mats, like a Shakti mat, which is just covered in sharp plastic spikes, thousands of sharp plastic spikes. And he spends some time on that every day. And that was his thing he does every day that he finds benefits him. And uh, I'd looked at them years ago. I'd seen them and uh, I think it was a, we'd had some kind of stress course at work. We were all going through a pretty hectic project, very hectic project. And we got a consultant in to help with like dealing with stress. And she talked about these mats. Anyway, you know, that was probably 20 years ago. Um, But I went and bought one after chatting to Andy. Hmm. And uh, I lied, I lied on it the first time, and uh, I think I was on it for about fifteen seconds before I had to get off because it was the most excruciating, really, pain I've ever experienced. And um, learning to use that, I now lie on it twenty minutes every night while I read before I go to sleep. No way. Um, and it's incredible. Like you learn to relax into that pain, and kind of when you get through it, you get this amazing like warmth in your body. It sounds really hippie but like <laughs> it's actually super good it, like my deep sleeps improved massively yeah. um so the quality of my sleep's got better the quality of my rest and recovery's got better but that has helped me like learn to deal with being comfortable through discomfort and feel the benefits of that as well so mm-hmm. like i think there are there's various different ways that people can use to kind of get through that experience maybe yeah. and just like learn to to deal with it i mean that's yeah, exactly what, in different ways, what anyone has to go through, like when they join the military, you have to just get used to being uncomfortable. Or, yeah. you know, if you want to be a professional athlete, you have to get used to being uncomfortable. And then I think just to survive in our crazy, <laughs> crazy world that 2023 is, um, things like that help. And mm-hmm. for some people, it's ice baths that, like, the thing at the moment aren't they yeah yeah and it's exactly the same when you first get in it you're like, i can't cope with this <gasps> you grab your breath and you know and and i can't handle this and then oh after a while i can stay in a bit longer i can tolerate this i can control it and you're like mastering your own yeah. body and your own feelings and and it, it's basically same but different so yeah. sauna yeah, same, yeah yeah you know hot, what, cold hot, yeah. cold spiky yeah hard training um yeah, just doing the hard the hard things. Um, as a general rule, that short-term stress is just so good for you mm-hmm. at making you a better human. And it transfers, I think, to all parts yeah. of your life and your body. Um, you know, it's that classic thing. 
you know, you do the easy things today, tomorrow will be hard. You do the hard things today and tomorrow will be easy. Um, yeah, I yeah. think there's a fair bit of truth in that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the hard things today might be going to the gym when you're tired or, you know, going out for a ride or just going, going for a walk or, you know, whatever. But tomorrow you're 1% better yeah. and your life is a little bit better. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think we can just apply it to so many parts of our lives Yeah, um, that ultimately contribute to, yeah, being a better rider. If that's, you know, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Then, and, yeah. And I guess like at the very cheapest like level here, you don't need to go out and buy a spiky mat or a ice bath or whatever. You could just do a contrast shower, like have hot and cold in your shower, which is not only good for you mentally, but it's good for you physically. It's good for recovery. So yeah, there's things that can be done. You could do that. You could do, yeah, an interval session on your bike. You yeah. know, you could, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost endless. Yeah, the mental know? side comes from the physical side as well, I guess. It's yeah. worth saying you're going to get mentally tougher as long as you are actually working hard, I think. I think there's definitely feels like you have to learn to work hard. You see some people are like, I'm going really hard. And you're like, pretty sure you go quite a bit harder. Yeah. I think there's a bit more in the tank there. Um, And yeah, or it's um, going, doing the easy ride or the e-bike ride, but on a really shitty day where it's just cold and like grim and all all of those things. I think they, they just, they just add up over time and they just, yeah, I think, I think the value of them is mostly uh, underestimated by people. Yeah. That, you know, what it gives you back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We've gone off on a bit of a tangent. We've gone but on I a, think it's, but I'm happy with that tangent. It's yeah. good. I think it's relevant. And, you know, I think it's it's more like life advice rather than mountain bike advice. But it, I think it pays we're back, your, right? <laughs> we're, we're trying to be your gurus, basically. <laughs> no, but it, it, I think it pays back in a mountain bike context as well because, A, Right, okay, well, maybe I will now go out riding on a day when I wouldn't have done. That's mm. more riding. That's got to be a good thing. Or like, you know, I'm having a rough time at a race, but I'm going to be able to work through it because I'm used to like, okay, I've got to dig deep here. Like I've got to pedal that bit, you know, that 1% harder down here like than yeah. I did in the previous run. Like I'm going to empty the tank. I know how to empty the tank to the finish line, not come to across the finish line at 80% or whatever. It's all of those things are going to, going to benefit you not just mm-hmm. in life but in riding i think yeah 100 percent. yeah it's just it nothing is in isolation no it's all linked. the physical the mental the emotional yeah on the bike off the bike in the gym you know what you eat when you go to bed like everything is interconnected in yeah. this endless like web yeah effectively yeah and if you can um, be happy with discomfort then you're happy more often right because yeah. we're not always going to be comfy exactly yeah yeah Fair play. All right, let's focus on the physical side, which I guess is probably what people are going to expect. And that's like it's your bag, so to speak. Um, yeah, give us some thoughts on like how people can approach the physical side of being a better human, better bike rider and chipping away at this 1% mm. every day. I think a great place is start at the start. Where am I? Yeah. And just appreciating where you're at in terms of what your body can do on and off the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have a think about, you know, ask yourself, you know, what what would make me happier? What would give me more satisfaction here? You know, where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, racing performance related? Like I want to be on the podium instead of top 10. Is it a distance or an elevation or a ride or, you know, whatever it is or, or, or not on the bike, you know, maybe 
more like health oriented about you know weight loss and things like that so i think really appreciating where you are what you can do and you could even like test yourself you could ride your a local loop and time yourself mm -hmm. you can see how many press-ups you could do or chin-ups you can do um you know what what can i do in the gym and what do i want to be able to do yeah and i think that's a really simple process and I, i'd urge people to go through that process if they're going to ever put together their own like plan or, mm -hmm. or program you know that step one of planning is find find the gap because yeah. the gap is what we're going to fill yeah with the process the process is the training mm -hmm. is going to the gym is doing the rides and and all that sort of thing so yeah that that's where i'm always going to start yeah okay and then how would you then start to layer up like actually working against some of these goals i guess the first step is just to add some movement and activity or not maybe not yeah. add it but make sure there's enough of it in your life like baseline that's the like the minimum dose i guess yeah so for me non-negotiables just for being a half decent well-rounded human are that you're moving mm -hmm. you know so that's like your step count and stuff like that whether it's ten thousand steps a day or eight whatever yeah. but you know not not a thousand because you sat on your ass all day. Yeah. It is moving enough, is doing some sort of strength training each week mm -hmm. and doing some sort of aerobic training okay. each week. And to me, they're non-negotiables regardless if you ever ride a mountain bike in your life. That's just how to be a fit, well-rounded, robust human yeah. Yeah. who can do things, who's got longevity, who's, you know, going to potentially have better health mm -hmm. outcomes and things like that yeah and so breaking those things down further you know so many people spend so long sitting driving they're at their laptops yeah they're working from home they're working in an office they're not getting steps in and you know that is disastrous you know you, you've just got to make the time mm -hmm. to move because I understand you can't just quit your job. <laughs> yeah, You can't just change your job overnight, Yeah, but you can introduce movement breaks in your day where you get up from your desk and you walk up and down the stairs or walk around the block. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have your lunch at your desk. You can move, you know, I think I've said this on your, on, on here before where if previously you commuted, but now you work from home, that commuting time isn't just extra time for you to log on to your work emails early. That commuting time should now be your movement or exercise or training time. Yeah. Like that's been given to you. And if you don't use that, then I think it's foolish mm -hmm. and short-sighted. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really step one. For the people, you know, and if you are moving, brilliant. Keep it up. Yeah. Move every day. Get the steps. I mean today is a is a good example isn't it where plan a today is i was going to throw my e-bike in and we were going to go for a burn yeah you've fallen off your bike so when i got out of the van what did we do today yeah went for a walk we went for a walk yeah. because i'd driven over three hours and going for a walk has made my day one percent better yeah easily uh, if not yeah. two percent <laughs> <laughs> and i also know that moving getting my blood pumping getting some fresh air some daylight yeah and getting the steps it's going to make this podcast and the way i communicate my ideas my thought process at least one percent better i'd like yeah, to think five way or six. more i'd say yeah <laughs> I, I felt pretty groggy first thing this morning yeah. like 
but yeah, getting out, bit of yeah. fresh air. We only went out for what, 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It's hilly, but it's crisp day. Yeah. And it's just such a simple thing. And it's like, right, reset after the long drive. Yeah. Now I'm ready to go. I've, I've got a bit more clarity. Yeah. And we can get this done. So, you know, Ben this afternoon now is thanking Ben this morning for doing that walk, yeah. you know, and maybe at the end of the day, when I get home, because I did that walk, I'm a little bit looser, a bit less stiff from the driving. And maybe now I feel a bit more inclined to do something when I get home tonight, like yeah. ride my bike or or do some body weight work at home or something like that. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So it all rolls on. And so that movement I think is so important. And yeah. we, we've both done it where you go to the gym at the end of the day and you've just been sat in your ass for hours. I mean, it's hard to get going, isn't it? It is hard. Yeah. You it's feel rough. like tight and stiff and yeah, it takes a while to get into it. You always feel better yeah. for it, but it's not, it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. It just takes that bit longer, a bit like, Oh, it's easier. I think to skip it, to be like, Oh fuck it. I'm really tired. <laughs> You're not tired. You've just been, yeah. You haven't been stimulated. You just, you just got to move. Just got to get the blood flowing. Move, and the body move, moving. Yeah. yeah. Whether you use a step counter, whatever. Yeah. If you listen to this and you sit down all day, don't simple as that yeah and i guess there's no there's no limit right the more the better like if, yeah. if all you can do is 15 minutes in a day do it yeah 100%. If you can do an hour do an hour like it's yeah yeah and carve out some time make it happen get yeah. up a little earlier something's always better than nothing like mm-hmm. you say yeah it'd be great to go for an hour's walk but if you can't do an hour do half an hour if you can't do half an hour do 10 minutes and yeah again one percent better each time yeah, you know, we're not trying to walk a marathon every day. All right. <laughs> so that's the more like, I guess, holistic part yeah. of life. What about the more targeted stuff? So you mentioned strength training and aerobic work. Yes, strength. My favorite part every your, time I come and talk bit. to you. I'm like, <laughs> some people are watching this on YouTube. I'm like grinning at the cameras, even though you told me not to look at the cameras. <laughs> Meanwhile, you should subscribe to Downtime YouTube channel. Like anyway, and subscribe. Exactly. Apparently there's a new animation coming that when you say like and subscribe, it's going to like flash on the screen on YouTube. And if you click the subscribe button, you get a load of little sparkles coming out of it. Oh man. It Don't sounds know when like that's going to arrive. Sounds like Skynet is taking it's over. So we're, scary, all, we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you won't be fucked if you go to the gym and get strong. There we go. Yeah. Segway. Um, strength training. Doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't have to be all encompassing. Doesn't have to be in the gym, but it does have to be regular. It does have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, some sort of structure is going to give you the best returns Yeah, where the things that you do have context rather than grabbing a random workout for free from YouTube today. And then a different, I'm trying this training approach next week from Instagram and this one here, this one there. And look, if you're doing that, you're doing something. Yes. Happy days. It's better than nothing. And I'm, you should absolutely do it if that's what you're going to do. But I think a better approach is that context where one thing leads on to another thing where you progressively overload your body to get stronger mm-hmm. or and or build muscle. Um, and by progressively overload, I mean, it can literally mean this week I squatted with 50 kilos, next week with 55 kilos. I've progressively overloaded it. I'm going to yeah. adapt that stress, I get stronger. It can also be... Uh, progressively harder and more advanced exercises where you work through a greater range of motion or they take more control 
you need to, you know, you learn one skill mm -hmm. like mountain biking, you learn the fundamental body position and then you learn more advanced skills and they layer on top. It's the same in the gym. You know, you want to start off by learning the fundamentals, the, you know, like a goblet squat, like how to hinge properly at the hips, yeah. a press up, a body weight row, a chin up, um, you know, and all of those things. And then you layer it on top. And so you go from the hinge, like learning a basic hinge, and then you might go into a single leg Romanian deadlift. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, from a goblet squat, you might go to a, a barbell back squat yeah. or just a heavier goblet squat. And, you know, and all of these things have got progression and then and then it's then it all gives it context because you're then on this journey because you understand where you're starting. Mm -hmm. And then the journey, there's always this progression and every workout, every training session is in the context of the bigger picture. Yeah. And that is where you number one, that's where you start to get results. And there's nothing like getting results for getting buy-in and making you more consistent. Yeah. Um interestingly, I surveyed a load of people who the early adopters actually when i launched my over 40s program on yeah. this podcast two years ago almost the week yeah um it's a 20-week program and it took most of them about six months and the people who because i can see on the app who were the most consistent and ticked off the most mm -hmm. sessions and then gave me effectively the best reviews at the end of uh, it interesting. i contacted them i was like you know what did you do like what's the secret sauce and yeah Nearly all of them said it was all about that first sort of four to six weeks where they just doubled down on it. Mm -hmm. They did the work, they sacrificed other things, they committed to it fully. And then after three or four weeks, they're like, oh, I, I can feel it on the bike. I can feel it when I go upstairs. I can feel it when I play with the kids. I can feel it day to day. Nice. Shit, if I do this for five or six, this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bought in. This, and now... Right, they're they're bought in. Yeah. And yeah, they back it's a six month, you know, five, six month program, but they then buy into it and realise that this is gonna work. And so that's why I always urge people now when they start my online programs mm -hmm. or or anyone I start with at the gym or anyone listening who's gonna start training is yes, we wanna make it consistent with that one percent kind of approach. Yeah, yeah. But really commit at the start and then when you get that return where, oh, I'm going to the gym today and I'm squatting and I've suddenly suddenly that feels easy. Three weeks ago, that was hard yeah. and my legs were written off for yeah. four days. Yeah. And suddenly, oh, I can do eight or 10 more press-ups because those, it's all very realistic to have that. Mm -hmm. So buy into the process, commit to it, get the results and then you start to think, right, I can actually do this yeah. long-term here. This is where the real magic happens over the long term and your your returns are compounded mm -hmm. compounded sorry compounded compound um over the long term to give you just a really healthy lifestyle be a better human get stronger nice. you know because strength maybe i'm biased but i i don't think it's 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 non-negotiable to me yeah 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 uh in my life in my family's life and the people around me i try to encourage to to be stronger because just it's it's a win-win situation in terms of health performance you know all that sort of thing yeah robustness um, yeah that robustness to be able to fall off your bike better yeah. um to be able to do cooler things on your bike to have more fun on your bike um 
when we chatted this morning about, you know, about strength and stuff, I said, you know, I always like the idea of sort of make yourself harder to kill, you yeah. know, <laughs> which is, it's not something I came up with. It's like an old school, like strength coach. I can't remember who said it first, but, uh, and I really like it. And without, I don't know if it's making it too serious, but this summer there were those horrendous um, fires on the Greek islands. Mm. And yeah. I just remember seeing there was this iconic image from one of the Greek islands where, and there was just all these holiday makers, people like you and I, who'd been on holiday on this island, just there with your family, you're having a nice time. And you always think, you know, we live in a developed nation and there's always going to be help. Yeah. And there's this image of like this island on fire and like a long road, dirt road of people literally running and walking for their lives. And That's it really crazy, it? struck a chord of me. Yeah. And I thought, God, well, if I was there with my young family and my wife, I want to know being fit and strong means you're more likely to live. Yeah. To get everyone like, out of there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And some, someone, when I talk to some friends about this, they think I'm absolutely bonkers. Oh, you're fucking <laughs> mental, mate. <laughs> but I, I, I take that serious. I do think about that. I am maybe a little bit of a prepper where. <laughs> get your tinfoil hat. Yeah. Right, tinfoil but... hat. You know, the government are listening and the aliens are going to get me and all that. But <laughs> I, I do, I, I saw that picture and it immediately resonated. I saw the people on that road and I thought, if you've never done any training, if you're fat and unfit, then you're, strike wheezing your way out yeah, of the edge screwed. of town because yeah. no one's coming to help you. Yeah. Um, and so we've gone way off topic there. I should really get back to the gym, but <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> no, I, I see where you're coming from though. Like, yeah. Just... And, and the side effects of being well-prepared yeah. human who can look after yourself and look after your friends and family. And so you could be a better bike rider. Yeah. Let's just remind ourselves it's a mountain bike podcast, not a, not an apocalypse podcast, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, they are not separate. Yeah. The if anyone wants any prepper tips, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do sometimes listen to this crazy uh, podcast for this ex-US Navy SEAL called T-Mac. Uh -huh. And it's, uh, yeah, and he's just like an actual lunatic and he's got some funny stuff about that. But anyway, I'll check it I should, out. maybe I've listened to too much of that. It's all but, good. Um, but yeah, so get, get in the gym and, you know, get some, if you need to, if you're not confident, then get some coaching mm -hmm. from from someone at the gym, or you know, use a, use one of these programs where there's video instruction for how to do it. And I think a lot of people worry they're going to look silly in the gym, so they don't know what they're doing. And number one, no one else in the gym gives a shit what you're doing. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Um, and number two is that most people are actually quite approachable, and they would probably help you. Yeah, uh, if you asked for help yeah. from a a trainer, a fitness instructor from someone in the gym who yes, looks like they know what they're staff. doing. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they would probably help you. And so you need to squat. You need to do some single leg work, especially. Mm -hmm. I think that single leg work is key. Like life is a single leg sport, mountain biking, single leg sport. Yeah. You need to push, you need to pull, you need to train in 3d, you know, Chris. So mm -hmm. not just forwards and backwards, up and down, you need to move sideways and, rotate and you know really explore what your body can do and where it can move um you need to do some sort of core training um tick 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 and again it sounds complicated but actually you know we could break it down into like five things yeah. you can do a squat with a push so i could do a squat and a press up yeah 
I could then do a side lunge and a pull up. Yeah. So I've got some single leg work. I've got some lateral work. I've got some pulling work mm -hmm. and then I can finish off. I can go in the rowing machine and do some core work. And yeah. that is, yeah, right there. It's a decent a, a, session. Yeah. A simple, decent session. Now yeah. do that consistently, do that same program roughly for four, six, eight weeks. Yeah. And progress the weights or, you know, progress the difficulty or maybe, you know, the, the squat starts to get deeper because your mobility improves because mm -hmm. you've trained regularly. Yeah. And your chin up goes from doing it with a band to help you to doing it with your body weight. Yeah. And the side lunge, maybe you start just doing a body weight one and then you add a weight. Uh, and the press up goes from a normal press up to elevating your feet or mm -hmm. doing a press up into a downward dog to now work my sh shoulders as well. And so it's all that context, all that progression. Yeah. That leads to results, that leads to buy-in, that leads to long-term progress, 1% better, better rider, king of the mountain on Strava, <laughs> happy days. All right, got it. Let's talk about aerobic training, right? So aerobic something that you've always pushed. Um, and since we've been talking about it over the last four or five years, there's been more and more science-based stuff out there, more and more studies on the value, not just for being a better cyclist, but for, for living longer, for being healthier. There's loads and loads and loads of good reasons for doing a good chunk of aerobic training, right? Yeah. And to your most long-term and consistent listeners who've heard me on here before, they're like, oh, it's Ben talking about aerobic <laughs> training again. But yeah, it again, I, I would call it a non-negotiable mm -hmm. for health, for longevity, for riding, yeah. for fitness. That aerobic work, in terms of your riding, it is absolutely, they call it base training for a reason. It's the base of your pyramid, the yeah. foundation of your pyramid of fitness upon which all of those intervals and the fancy and the jazzy stuff is built. Mm -hmm. The higher you want your peak of fitness to be on the bike or on running or in life, the wider, the broader that base needs to be. Yeah. Otherwise, it's this sort of fragile, teetering thing, and it just won't get as high. Mm -hmm. Because a nice way to think about it is that when we do aerobic training, it actually physically changes things. There's physical changes, like structures are created in your body, yeah. in your muscles, your blood, your heart, your lungs. And then, and so that's why it can be a slow process as well. It takes time. Mm -hmm which is where people don't always like it. It doesn't sound glamorous. It's not an easy sell. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not It's not glossy. I'm like, yeah, do this for six months. <laughs> but yeah. actually, you will feel a difference after a few weeks, I will say. But it takes time because you're physically changing your body. Mm -hmm. And then when you do the intervals and the high-intensity work on top of that, yeah, it's then those physical changes are then enabling the adaptations to happen to the way your body functions mm -hmm. effectively. One enables the other. Yeah. And so, you know, when you just do the intervals at the start, you would make some really great progress. Mm -hmm. Quick progress. People like it. It feels good. I work hard for a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm fitter. And that's awesome. Do it. If you've got short, a short-term goal for the race, yeah. short-term intervals will really ramp you up. Um, but then if you haven't got that aerobic base as well, then it's going to really limit how much you can progress mm -hmm. 
with the intervals and really peaking your fitness and build that pyramid. And even if you're not performance focused and like you said about the health and things like that is that the health benefits for your cardiovascular health and disease risk and like um, managing weight, you know, burning calories, all of that sort of thing, like they're undeniable, <laughs> like quite literally yeah, undeniable. So yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it, every doctor should be prescribing this to people, except yeah. it doesn't make money for big pharma. <laughs> and now we've got the tinfoil hat on again, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, everybody should be doing this. And for some people if who, you know, in the general public who aren't very fit, walking will achieve that. Yeah. For the, the average mountain biker listening to this, you're a bit fitter than that. And mm -hmm. walking is great as we talked about, but unless you put on a backpack and go up a big hill, it's probably not going to be intense enough. You're yeah. going to need to ride your bike or, you know, go to the gym and do it. Um, I literally was writing a program for someone yesterday and they live at, actually out in the Alps. It's just started snowing. So I'm like, right, we're going to get you in the gym and you can do an hour of aerobic training at the gym and they can do 15 minutes rower, 15 minutes cross trainer, 15 minutes skier, 15 minutes spin bike. Yeah. And it makes it more interesting it, rather than just sitting on a, a turbo for an hour and, you know, we're working the whole body yeah. and we're still achieving that. We're ticking, ticking that box. Yeah. And yeah, maybe for a mountain bike racer, a two hour aerobic road ride would be better. I mean, almost certainly it would be, mm -hmm. but do what we can with what we have. And we're, you know, we just like chipping away and then we're going to step it up, step yeah. it up, step it up. So the thing that people find difficult with the aerobic work well the two things number one it can feel too easy yeah where you're like i'm going i'm riding along here this is so slow <laughs> this can't be doing me any good I'm getting overtaken because, yeah. yeah getting overtaken so like men's egos sometimes interfere with this so women are normally fine with it if i'm honest um but actually it's got to be slow it's mm -hmm. got to be low intensity zone two nasal breathing you should be able to have a conversation at this sort of intensity and for people who are not very aerobically fit, they are going to find that they very quickly, their heart rate shoots up too high when they go yeah. out on a ride and the ride becomes too intense. And they say, this is ridiculous. I can't do this training. Yeah, It's impossible. I can't do it. And those are the people who need it the most. Mm -hmm. You need to find somewhere flat initially to do the riding. Or if you can't do it where you live, then yeah, I know it's a bit boring, but start doing it indoors. Yeah, You know, get to everything's on sale at the moment you know there's probably not been a better time to buy a entry-level turbo trainer yeah, yeah you know it's all on sale the whole bike industry is on sale go yeah. and get yourself a turbo get in the garage and start doing that aerobic work if you can't do it outside because you're the ones who need it the most yeah um and then the other thing people find is they're like oh you know but i don't have loads of time to do these long rides and yeah long rides are in quotes, the best way to build that aerobic base. And yeah. if you're Tom Pidcock, you're doing a lot, a, long, a lot of long rides and 80, 90% what he does it will be aerobic training. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it, especially in the winter. But, you know, don't underestimate the value of little and often. Like small things done regularly, okay. they add up and compound over time. I did a Instagram post on it recently, which resonated with a lot of people. I did some little Strava screenshots mm -hmm. And over two weeks, I'd done four 45-minute aerobic rides just because that's what I was able to fit in around work and the kids going back to school and stuff. And 
I was like, yeah, you know, each of those rides on its own, you don't feel like it's really done much. But then if you think about, hmm, I've done three hours in two weeks, six hours in a month. If I said in the next six hours you did, if you were to do an extra 36 hours of aerobic training, do you think you would be fitter? <laughs> yeah. You, you would be, wouldn't you? 100%, yeah. Whereas if I say, oh, Chris, you know, just snip in a 45-minute base ride, you might not think much of it. It might be nice. It might improve your day like I walked today. Yeah, yeah. And it's better than not going. You burn some calories, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But actually, small things done regularly really add up. It's like those 15-minute doses of mobility done regularly add up to improving your mobility and the way you move. Mm -hmm. Those... You know, if you can't get to the gym as regularly as you'd like, doing an extra 15, 20 press-ups two or three days a week quickly adds up to hundreds of press-ups. Um, you know, what's three chin-ups a day for a year? A thousand and whatever, yeah. 80 odd. A I decent don't know. amount. Someone can put zero. it in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, small things done regularly. And yeah. guess what? That's achievable for many mm-hmm. if not all of the people listening yeah because there's always this idea about you know well not idea the reality that we live in a busy world mm-hmm. too busy we yeah. know we're too busy um but these things you you have to make space for them you have to make time it doesn't just magically happen yeah but when you do and when you sque- squeeze them in or you move things around or you take something else out do it regularly. That's when you become that better human. Yeah. That's when I'm in this rhythm. I've got I've got standards that I live by most of the time that mean it's easy for me to stay fit, to stay strong, mm-hmm. mobile, healthy, one percent better each day. Yeah. And guess what? At any any time time of year, I can get on my bike, whether I've been specifically like race training or not, any day of the year I can get on my bike, I can go and do thousand meters plus of climbing and be 30k yeah and really enjoy a ride with with most groups of yeah. riders and mates who aren't just trying to tear my legs off you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i think nice. that's what we all want to be able to do isn't yeah, it totally yeah. yeah i'm with that before we move we will talk a bit more about time and finding time before we do that can you just remind people give some guidance on what anaerobic is like so it's zone two heart rate, mm. which you could right, yeah. work out from age minus whatever equations, but they're a bit sketchy. Mm. You could do a test if you've got the ability to go and do that. But just from like a rate of perceived exertion and a few like yeah, yeah. Bit, of, bit of guidance, like how would you give people some instruction to help them stay in that state? Good one. Cool. So how to do an aerobic base training ride or anything aerobic. If you think of a scale of one to 10, we're at a one now. We're sat on a sofa. 10 is absolute max heart rate about to collapse. You can only hold it for a few seconds. An aerobic ride would generally be about a three or a four out of 10. Pretty so that's, easy. That's the first yeah. bit. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually easy. Yeah. There'll be no burn in your legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not experiencing the burn. If you've got the burn, you're going too hard. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, you should be able to talk. Um, initially doing it all nasal breathing may be hard for some people if you've never focused on that but for most people and over the long run you should be able to do this entirely nasal breathing like mouth shut the whole time inhale exhale all through the nose and again your respiration rate should be pretty calm Mm -hmm. so you 
you know, when you're not just breathing through your nose, you, you can talk. Okay. Um, for the sort of general population, what I use is something called the Maffetone formula okay. to calculate your, uh, your aerobic heart rate. And for most people that works for like a long time okay. until you get like really fit and then we get more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what you do is you do 180 minus your age. Yeah. And then there's a series of modifiers and I've actually, we'll, we'll try and get a link to this in the, okay. in the notes. I've got a calculator on my website for it. Ah, sweet. I use my online programs where 180 minus your age, which you don't need to calculate it for, that's <laughs> but um, that you then modify it by, uh, off the top of my head, it's right. Like for instance, you would do uh, plus, uh, no, sorry, minus five beats per minute yeah. if you are coming back from injury or you've been ill okay. or something like that. And then if you've been making progress of your training over the last year, you've got fitter, you would plus five. Okay. And so on. I can't remember exactly. There's like four or five modifiers that mm-hmm. either add or subtract from that. And then yeah. that gives you, so for me, uh, I'm 43 and so I'm 137. Uh, beats per minute is mm-hmm. like my my base score and then actually where I'm at, at the moment I probably wouldn't add or subtract from that okay. so that'd be me yeah I wouldn't apply a modifier with where I'm at at and the moment and that's your like, ceiling ceiling yeah you don't that, want to go higher yeah. than that so yeah. that's not the the average yeah so for me if I'm doing an aerobic ride I'd want to try and spend most of it a couple of beats below mm-hmm. and that really wants to be my ceiling. I don't want to go above 137 beats per minute the oh, whole yeah. time. Yeah. So I want to be 134, 135 average yeah. is where I would try to pace it. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's a great, great place to start. So yeah, check out the calculator on the website. Good stuff. All right, man. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about some tips then maybe share a few thoughts on stuff that might be relevant to people. I think one of the things, and we've, we've kind of alluded to it a bit, like everyone's busy. Diaries are busy. And we're saying you need to add in all this stuff. So you can't just keep adding stuff into busy diaries. It doesn't work. It adds stress. It breaks people. Um, you need to you need to create room by maybe taking some things out. Like, are there, in your experience, are there common areas where people can kind of take some time out to? I mean, one one new example you gave was if you're now working from home and you used yeah. to commute. There's, there's your time right there to do something with it. But anything else that you would say is quite a common either waste of time or like area where people can claw some time back? Yeah, exactly. You, you've you usually got to subtract before you add yeah. in terms of that diary. So a great place. Well, let's start. Let's have a look at your screen time. <laughs> you know, I think we're all guilty of it and it's so easy to slip into bad habits. And if that screen time, that social media time, that YouTube time, is 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 up then that's the first opportunity there cut that down yeah and that then is going to give so many people listening time to do something constructive yeah easier said than done there's a lot of very clever people creating algorithms to get our attention and to keep us in these systems yeah. but yeah breaking through that and but trying to yeah it is... whether you use like an app that controls it's like an app to control an app but you know that controls it or you know setting yourself some rules or standards or talking with your you know housemate or partner about trying to pick each other up like hey yeah. get off your phone you're on your phone again or you know have no no phones in the living room no phones at the dinner table yeah you know and things like that that then helps to break break the cycle so that you can um yeah now all of a sudden oh 
you know, if I was spending an hour on YouTube a day, well, there's an hour right there. You don't, I don't, you don't need me to tell you what you could be doing. Yeah. yeah. Although if you are watching this on YouTube, please continue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like and subscribe and uh, click the next video. Keep, keep the uh, ad spend rolling. Um, yeah. So that, that's the first one. And then it's just, you do need to be clever. You need to be a bit creative mm -hmm. because the stuff you're doing, you, you're probably doing it for a reason, but maybe you can trade some childcare with a friend or, you know, a family, family or spouse where I'll pick up your kids on a Monday after school. You pick up mine after school on a Thursday. Yeah. And then after school on a Thursday, three till four, you've got an hour to go to the gym or something or, you know, or, you know, away from kids and being a parent and stuff. You, you, you need to communicate with the people around you. Go and speak to your boss and say, look, I, I really want to improve my health and my fitness. You can sell it to them. I'll mm -hmm. probably be more productive, you know, happier, more fulfilled, yeah. make you more money. Um, how maybe we can, you know, work my, adjust my hours, a bit flexy yeah. to get out early, start early one day. You know, you're not a morning person maybe, so you're like training the mornings off or, but maybe you could, just about get to work 45 minutes earlier mm -hmm. and finish earlier. And maybe you'd prefer to train after work. It's a lot easier to train after work when you finish at four than when you finish at five or six. Yeah, true. You know? yeah. And the gym's quieter. Mm -hmm. You might get on the squat rack <laughs> instead of it being busy. Um, yeah, so I think you've, like everyone's schedules and diaries are so different, but you've, you've got to ring fence that time, put it in, your calendar, put it in your diary. Yeah. Put it in the shared diary if you have one with someone. Um maybe if you're if you're the boss, if you are the boss, put a you know, block out, you know, you, you've probably got a time blocked out in your employees' calendar for a bloody Zoom call every every Monday or the sales call and stuff like that. Block out their lunch times where like emails don't function you know you can't email at lunchtime yeah. because that lunchtime is going to be for you to to move to exercise and to eat some good food yeah you know you could be a great boss by doing that and if you're an employee um you know log off you know yeah leave the office like, at lunchtime yeah exactly yeah which we we already touched on before and i know it's difficult i know it's difficult but yeah we've just got to make time for health, you again. These are always cliches that come out. With, you either make time for your health and fitness today, or you make time for sickness tomorrow. Yeah. Again, which sounds like I'm being really over dramatic and drawing it all out, but it's true. And if you make time for your health and fitness today, if even if you know a lot of young people, I wouldn't have given a shit in my twenties. Told me that. Get I, away with it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Army Ben at twenty five. Yeah. Actually said and believed shit like live fast, die young. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly believed it. Like, what, what a moron. But, you know, we're all like that. You thought you um, at that point, right? Yeah, right. exactly. But actually, if you don't want to think like that and don't think about the long term, which is fine, mm -hmm. and just think it, it's just going to make you ride better on the weekend. You can send it harder if that's what motivates you. Yeah. You can you can go harder on plenty of peace laps next August if that, or, you know, A-line laps. Yeah. You know, you don't have to think, about you when you're 80 you yeah. can just think about you doing the gnarliest things as well it, whatever motivates you yeah yeah and that you know talk about riding with other people like the social side of all of this can be really powerful right it can bring an accountability it can add enjoyment to training like getting a 
a group or a few people that you do this sort of stuff with can really help. 100%, yeah. And, and that's, if anything, a, a top tip for people who, who are listening to this and thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm going to make some changes is, you know, have a, like a try, you know, get involved with some other people, get mm -hmm. get one of your riding mates on board and say, you know, I'm thinking of like doing this. Do you, do you want to do, see if we can do a training ride once a week or, you know, I get so bored doing Zwift. Let's, you bring your turbo over on a Wednesday and we'll sit in my garage and do Zwift together and have watch, a have a chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and watch like the world cup replay yeah. or something. Um, and then you're accountable as well. Cause you know, there are times if I'm planning to go for a ride on my own that I, I, I'm like, talk yourself out of it. I'll miss it. It's very, very rare that you're going to sack it off and like leave a mate in the lurch, yeah. like in a forestry car park somewhere on their own in December. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you like let them down. Like that's a shit thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and they give you that accountability. That social side makes it fun. Um, and helps you to enjoy the process. You can enjoy when one of you is having a good day, you might pick up the other, the other one is having a bad day mm -hmm. and you're happy for each other's victories as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm competitive when I go racing and stuff like that, but I want the people I ride with to be fit and strong. I want them to all improve as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, Cause you know, that that's cool when your mates are doing well, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's like when you're stoked, when your friend gets a promotion at work, you know, that's like sick, man, that's fucking good for you. Yeah. yeah. Like you've worked for that. And, and when your riding gets a promotion, cause you've done the work, then, then you know that's cool. It is you know, cool. Do it. Yeah, yeah. One of the best things reminding me one of the best things that I've got in the last year is a desk that like goes over the bike when it's on the trainer. Oh yeah. So that I can either like I quite often research podcasts there because it's not like super intense task from a work perspective, but I can be sat pedaling along in zone two doing that. Mm. Or like if there is something I want to watch on YouTube that's like a decent length and it's interesting, I can sit and watch that or like a World Cup replay, like you said, or whatever. But yeah, just a desk that enables me to have a laptop comfortably in front of me if I need to. It's like yeah, that's cool. I've not seen that before. Jewel, I'll show you later. Just don't it's... don't drip a sweat into the yeah. You do have to be a uh, bit careful. Yeah, keypad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, cool. that was yeah, it was a good like multitasking investment because zone two is not too taxing. Like you can, I find I can be doing other stuff. Yeah, or yeah. Listening to podcasts is I because I don't have a commute anymore. I lost my podcasting time. That was when I used to listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. how I got into it. And uh, I, I lost that, not commuting. So like trying to get that back and find time in my day to mm -hmm. keep up with the podcast I want to listen to. That's another way that I do that. So yeah, yeah combining stuff. I like stuff, that. Um, which kind of brings me on to some extent, actually, unintended segue. You sent out a newsletter. We should say you have got a newsletter if people want to sign up. They can do that on your website, I believe. Yeah, we'll um, get a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, sweet. every Tuesday for nice. a dose of uh, do dose of common sense. Yeah, some good tips yeah. and stuff. But one thing you put in recently that I hadn't really thought about but probably do to some extent is habit stacking tell us about that yeah so it's um it's just an approach where when we're trying to change something because everything we've talked about it is all ultimately about forming good positive habits yeah and if not forming then maintaining those habits so you're moving in that right and correct direction mm -hmm. but starting and forming and sticking to new habits can be hard or it is hard yeah. Let's just not beat about the bush. It's hard, you know, for most people, most of the time. And so what we can do is we can stack them 
together to mean it's easier to do it, easier to not forget mm -hmm. um, because something else acts as a trigger. So for instance, for you there, um, yeah, the, the, um, the habit is you're doing your aerobic ride and then you stacked it with doing some podcast research. Yeah. You know, so the, the aerobic ride on the turbo train and having that set up kind of triggers that. Yeah. Um, other things could be, um, you know, maybe somebody who's struggling to uh, consistently go to the gym or train after work or something. The habit they already have is that they come in the house after work and they put their car keys in the pot and their coat on the hook. And then you can stack it that as soon as the coat goes on the hook, you immediately go upstairs and put your gym kit on. You don't go and have a coffee first or go to the kitchen or go do whatever first. Yeah. You stack it with the positive habit that's saying going to make you going to the gym more likely, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so uh, let's have a think. So drinking water, you know, is something sometimes people not so good at doing. And so, you know, every time I, uh, maybe at work, you get off a Zoom call or something like that, you log off a Zoom call, that is the trigger to go and have a glass of water. Because you've yeah. probably been chatting anyway, so maybe your mouth's dry. But, you know, and so you're just finding, like, what are these triggers? The things I'm already doing without thinking, mm -hmm. like an tag on something else, something positive that's then going to help me make that stick. Yeah. You know? Um, another one, I think a lot of people would know and agree that your riding might be better if you did a little warm-up beforehand. Yeah. A bit of movement, a bit of mobility. But we forget, you get distracted, you get out the car or the van and you chat to your friends. But if I now get out the van and one of the, I'll get changed, I'll put my knee pads on. As mm -hmm. soon as the knee pads go on, I'm then going to take a knee and do a hip flexor stretch, a couch stretch at the back yeah. of the back of the van. And so the knee leads to the knee, like the habit leads to the habit. And yeah. now I'm doing just, just one thing, like that's all I'm aiming for, that one thing, that 1% to do that hip flexor stretch after the drive. It's going to help me feel a bit better on the first climb. But then it's really easy for that to snowball. Well, I'm doing that. I may as well then do a little pigeon stretch yeah. on the floor and open up my glutes. I then may as well do a couple of leg swings, you know, because I'm, well, I'm doing a warm up. And I'm still chatting to my mates while yeah. they do their tire pressures. While they look at you straight. Yeah, they're like, oh, look at this keen, keen mustard. <laughs> yeah, keen as mustard. Um, and so one little habit then snowballs into all of a sudden you've done, you're doing a full warm up. Yeah. Because every time you pull your knee pad on, it triggers that, yeah. that next step. Like it. Mm. Good advice. Right. There's a lot of fitness out information out there, right? It's a bit of a minefield. Um, if you want to put together your own plan, there's so much stuff to choose from. Obviously, there's, there's options to get involved with your plans, and we'll talk about those a bit in a minute. Um, but based on what we've talked about, if you were going to put together a really just basic high-level framework for a week, what would you be asking people to do? How often and for how long? What would like a decent week look like? A decent week, on average, most, most of the time for most people, yeah. two doses of strength training a week. And a dose being? 40 minutes to an hour. Okay. 
I'd say 40 minutes, you can get a good bit done. Yeah. And again, it could be in the garage, it could be body weight, it could be at the gym. Yeah. You know, I think the gym's good for getting you in that environment where it's very single-minded. That's what you're there to do. Yeah. At home, it's easy to get distracted by the fridge, by family, by work and all that sort of thing. But the fridge, the yeah. Fr- yeah. <laughs> Drawing me in. Instead of training, I've got ice creams. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so two days of strength. Yeah. A ride for that's just for fun. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be serious. It doesn't all have to be training. The the ride for the fun where you don't have to wear a heart rate monitor. Who cares how fast or how far? It's just you with or without your friends riding your mountain yeah, bike. what you love. Yeah. One or two doses of aerobic training. Mm-hmm. And a dose being the longer Yeah, the probably like 45 minutes yeah. plus. Yeah. Open-ended plus. Yeah. You know, but 45 minutes is will do. Mm-hmm. Like it's better than nothing. Yeah. And then... You know, that's kind of it, really. That, those four things, assuming then, because I wouldn't call it its own thing, that you are moving yeah, yeah, yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. You're moving. And that, you know, you can get lots of little doses of mobility, mm-hmm. you know, but that come, kind of comes with training, strength training anyway. It can come with moving yeah. anyway, um, you know, and things like that, or warming up before a ride as well. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, ideally, you know, some little doses of mobility sprinkled around there. And that's a great thing to habit stack as well. Yeah. Where uh, while the kettle boils, um, yeah, you can like open up your upper back yeah. uh, by putting your hands on the worktop and dropping your, your head and chest between your arms. Mm-hmm. And you could have an upper back opener, especially if you just come from your desk. Yeah. Habit, kettle goes on, bang, hands go on the sideboard. I drop between it, yeah, you know, and just little bits like that. Simple stuff, and, yeah. And when I talk about consistency, that's why I was, I was careful. I said most people, most of the time, yeah, because it's very easy to look at a bad week in inverted commas mm-hmm. and think, oh god, I've been so inconsistent. You know, I haven't been doing my training, or even a bad fortnight because work's been stressful. You've had a cold, or the kid's not sleeping, or whatever. But the most important thing is consistency over that larger scale yeah i haven't had an ideal couple of weeks here for whatever reason but i've been consistent over the last six months Mm -hmm. or year or five years that is the game that's the game you know because we all have ups and downs it's not linear yeah um, as we know so just try and tick those things off you know and i think that is gonna just set you on the right path to to being a good well-rounded capable human yeah who can do whatever you want. You can do anything, you know? Uh, yeah. And then when you can do anything, you've got so much potential to be a, a great rider and just to enjoy riding, you know, as much as or as little as you like, yeah. you know, for a day, for a week, you know, for whatever. So yeah. it's a good, a good spot to be in. So yeah, that leads us on to talking a bit about your programs, I guess. So there are a few different ones. Um, so if people want to get some expert support, then there's, uh, just tell us a bit about the different programs, what they encompass and how you might choose between them. And then I think you've got some nice discounts for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. We've got like the whole bike industry. I've got some unprecedentedly, (laughs) unprecedentedly generous discount codes for you all as well. So hopefully, so keep on, keep listening. So I've got a range of programs to fit a range of different riders, but like the, the main 
two things I'd like to offer you today are number one, the Over 40s Mountain Bike Programme that I launched on this podcast exactly two years ago. It's super popular. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I feedback. Meet, I, I meet so and, many listeners that mention that they've used that programme and, mm-hmm. and really like benefited from yeah, it. Yeah, good. And yeah, and I and I absolutely back it. It's no quick fix. You, you know, you're going to feel a benefit after a few weeks. But like I said, it's a 20-week programme. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can... Most people, it takes about six months to complete or even longer. It doesn't matter. And you can repeat it. You could do it twice in a year. Like yeah. it's fine. It's open-ended and it's really designed for, I guess, people like us, like mums and dads uh, or people in their sort of maybe late thirties and, you know, through into their fifties mm-hmm. where you're a bit busy, but you want to look after yourself where a lot of these people are either completely new to the gym and to training, although you don't need a gym, you can train at home. Yeah. Um, or they're just coming back to it after an injury or maybe putting on a bit of weight or having kids mm-hmm. or career got a bit crazy. You know, there's loads of people like that who get in touch with me about it. Okay. So that's the over 40s program. The other option we've got is generally either a bit more focused at the younger crowd, maybe 20s okay. and 30s, or people our age who are maybe a bit more performance focused who've already, you know, you've done a bit in the gym mm-hmm. and you know, maybe you're doing a bit of racing or maybe you're a bit faster in the group and you it's a bit more performance focused, okay. still well-rounded, yeah. but a little more performance focused and a bit of a higher pace from the start okay. rather than the gentle over 40s approach. Um, and that's called the Complete Mountain Bike Program. Mm-hmm. And that is a subscription-based program yeah. where every month, this is one you've been on obviously for a few years as well. Every yeah. month I update a new training program that kind of goes with the Northern Hemisphere year mm-hmm. where at this time of year, we're starting to build a foundation. We can lift a bit heavier in the winter, more yeah. power and conditioning in the spring, maintain through the summer. And it's got your on-bite work. It's got the strength work, got the mobility work, and it really ticks yeah. all of those boxes. And that's a complete mountain bike program, monthly subscription. Yeah. The final one, just to confuse it a little bit, is if you're thinking the complete mountain bike program is probably where you want to be, but, maybe you've had an injury or you're inexperienced in the gym, then I do offer an eight-week foundation program. Okay. Which just brings you up to speed. It teaches you how to train safely Yeah. Um, for the complete mountain bike program. Mm-hmm. I don't want to confuse people, so I'll, I'll leave that there. But if you've got any questions about which one you should be on, okay. please just get in touch. One quick and I'll question. I'll sort you out. Yeah. Would I consider the foundation before doing the over 40s program? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah, the over 40s has got that more gentle lead in anyway. Yeah, is exactly that. It's its its own thing, its own pathway, and it starts with a a foundation built into it basically through that 20 weeks. But thanks for clarifying that. All right, cool. Um, Codes. Yeah, let's do it. Right, we'll get them in the show show notes and all that good stuff. So if you would like 30% off, which I've never done before, the over 40s program, then enter the code downtime podcast 40 and check out and these are all all capitals no spaces got it if you want 30 percent off the foundation program if you're thinking i want to do the complete mountain bike program but i'm not quite ready then enter the code downtime podcast and then if you would like uh, the complete mountain bike program you number one you do get a free trial okay. as part of that as well but then after the trial if you'd like 50 percent off the first month uh, or 20% off an annual subscription, Got which it, yeah. makes it mad value for money. 
then enter the code downtime trail because it's for trail and enduro riders. Okay. So there's quite a lot there. Yeah. Just go to the show notes. It's I'll all, stick in, it all there. in the show notes. Remind, <laughs> and, remind me what the website is for people to go and check it out. And yeah, you can check all of those out on thestrengthfactory.uk. They're all on the programs page. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's all laid out there nice and clearly. I've had some very fancy new videos done nice. that show you what they're all about, yeah. how it works. Uh, they're all app based. So you get the program direct to your phone. Couldn't be simpler. And you know what? I st- absolutely stand by and back all of these programs. They're not cheap. They are good value, but they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. But they are covered by my money back guarantee. So if you're not completely satisfied, if you don't ride faster, drop me a line and I'll refund you. Yeah. Simple as that. Fair play. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I've been using the complete mountain bike program for a good few years now. And I find it good. It's it's fresh because it's updated every month. It's never just grinding away at the same thing. And it definitely, definitely helps me for sure. Um, yeah, man. Thanks. It's been super interesting catching up. As always, took a few slightly different turns and came up with some interesting stuff and got me thinking about things and inspired to continue to try and be better, like a bit better every day. So, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming up to visit. And, uh, yeah, I hope people enjoy getting stuck into the the episode and also checking out your website and making the most of those discount codes. When will they be running until? Are they time-limited? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do run for only two weeks. Okay, so people need yeah, to be yeah. pretty quick. you got to get on, get your skates on. They're going to run because it's a bigger discount than I've ever given, mm-hmm. but they're only running for two weeks uh, from the date of the podcast coming out. So I believe that's – I think it's Tuesday the 7th, but we'll make sure the T's and C's are – we're in there Tuesday, 7th of November. Perfect. All right, man. Nice one. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate. All right, that's it for this episode with Ben. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thanks to the Strength Factory for supporting this episode. As a downtime listener, from now until the 7th of November 2023, you can get discounts on Ben's programmes. For 30% off the super popular Over 40s programme, head to thestrengthfactory.uk and use the code DOWNTIMEPODCAST40 at the checkout. That, like all the other codes, is uppercase and all one word. For 30% off Ben's foundation programme, you can use the code DOWNTIMEPODCAST at the checkout. If you're keen on the complete MTB monthly programme, then you can get a free trial followed by 50% off your first month by using the code DOWNTIMETRAIL. Or if you're really looking for an amazing deal, then you can get an annual subscription to that same programme at 20% off using the same code DOWNTIMETRAIL. That's all over on thestrengthfactory.uk and all of those codes are in the show notes for this episode on downtimepodcast.com. Don't forget, if you want to help support the podcast, then the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtimepodcast and setting up a donation. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I'm aware that times are tough for a lot of people right now, so if that doesn't work for you, then no worries. But if you are able to support, then it is very much appreciated. We've also got t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride.